Whelan Presley and Van Ho Funeral Homes have been serving Quad City families and veterans for over 100 years. Whelan Presley is located in Rock Island, Milan, Reynolds, and Van Ho in East Moline, proudly supporting WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities. It is a superhighway that passes through our region. I'm not talking about Interstate 80 or 74, an even greater route which links and divides the cities. The Mississippi River is a workhorse. About 60% of America's grain exports travel the river to New Orleans, but the Mississippi River is also a playground. Just look at the many beaches and marinas. And the Mississippi River is a vital part of the Midwest ecosystem, the mother of all tributaries in the upper Midwest, and a source of drinking water and irrigation as well. Now, Western Illinois University is the home of the regional office for the Upper Mississippi River Ports and is in a partnership with a group called Corn Belt Ports to promote development of the river while protecting natural resources. We sat down with Western Illinois University Professor Richard Viadero, who is also the Institute of Environmental Studies Director at Western Illinois, and Colonel Robert Sinkler, who's with Corn Belt Ports. So Bob, tell me, what is the purpose of the Corn Belt Ports? Because people don't really think of this area as ports, they just think of a river running through it. Yeah, well the region ships or handles about 100 million tons of freight. You can't ignore that at the at the national level or at the global level, for yeah. that matter. So um, the purpose is really to, we really want to increase freight tonnage because it's good um, and enables us to meet some of our decarbonization goals. Um, we also want to uh, raise the profile, let it let the world know that, hey, our ports exist. or There's a economic activity going on here that's very important both to the nation and, and really to the global supply chain. And we want to, so we want to raise the, uh, you know, elevate the visibility there. And then we want to use that visibility to increase visibility, attract more investment in the region. Just to, just to let everybody know we're on the map and we exist. Well, let's be honest. I mean, the, it's no surprise the Mississippi River is a super highway. It, it is the interstate of water right. uh, and the most critical for uh, uh, Midwest farmers. Um, this designation doesn't change that. It just gives recognition to that? It gave some recognition to it. There were no ports between, federally recognized ports, are you, any ports on the U.S. ports list between St. Louis and uh, St. Paul or between St. Louis and Chicago. So there was a big, port. we call it a port shadow zone that existed. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to correct that and, and fix that at the national level. So the Quad Cities is now a port? We are a port, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, Roger, explain to me, because we're talking about the economics of it. I mean, you're an environmentalist, you, you are so, connected to the Mississippi River sure. um, as, as a protector of the river, and we're talking about commerce. Um, you're more interested in preserving the environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in addition to preserving the environment, I'm, 
uh, one of the things you need to understand about the Mississippi or the Upper Mississippi River is that uh, this is the only waterway in the United States that's recognized for its importance with respect to commerce, but also as an, an important ecosystem. So if we want to continue to develop, uh, whether it's a new port or well, it could be a new anything, you kind of have to have the environmental part integrated into your your plans for uh, for the future for development. So uh, again, this is just sort of a matter of fact. Um, it's the way that, at least in my career, that I've known, uh, you know, the way the rivers managed. So it's not actually uh, inconsistent with uh, with the way with the way people in the Quad Cities in general general work, because you have to take both the commerce or commercial and the environmental factors into account. But that wasn't always the way. I mean, you take a look at what the Quad Cities looked like uh, 50 years ago. There were oh, factories sure. and, and everyone's back was to the river. They sure. weren't looking at the river. Absolutely. It has totally changed in 50 years where this, this synergy between commerce and environment Absolutely. is meshed now. Absolutely. I think I mean, all you do is just, if you take, um, take a drive down River Road here, um, well, actually here at WIU, I mean, we actually have a campus where our classrooms look out on the Mississippi River. Uh, that's a pretty good indication that we definitely, as a community, are looking looking, looking toward the water. Not, we certainly don't have our backs to it anymore. Why is Western Illinois University involved in this? Oh, um, well, there are a couple reasons. Uh, one of which is the fact that Western uh, in Macomb actually sits at the geographic center of the th uh, three of the four port regions. Uh, while they're not, well, Western at Macomb's not actually in any one of the three. It's actually geographically centered. So it makes sense as a um, as a as a sort of a a place for folks to go where we don't have uh, any necessarily, we don't have a dog in the fight and what have you. Mm -hmm. We can help folks out by providing uh, research support and services in uh, areas like environmental stewardship, um, supply chain management, logistics, things like that, and also community and economic development without actually being involved in any of the individual ports from, a, uh, from an operational or um, a jurisdictional point of view. Um, the fact that WIU here in the Quad Cities happens to be in one of the four now port areas. Um, just adds a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a little bit of extra flavor to the operation uh, because we do have this uh, strong connection to the river. What is this designation going to do? Well, I'm going to go back and just, uh, oh, just comment on, on that. I, we loved uh, the idea of uh, Western Illinois University and Macomb really being part of this effort because they are kind of in neutral territory between three friendly ports. And geographically, they're just right in the center. And that's very important to us for a lot of different reason, reasons. Their service area um, really touches all three of the Corn Belt ports, that the, the original three. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's a linkage. It's a linkage. Which right? is really important. Uh, and and, and as, as we know is that Western is kind of the, uh, like you said, you don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah, kind of viewed as neutral, neutral and independent. Um, trusted partners. So what, are the, what, what does this designation actually do as far as commerce is concerned? I mean, getting a federal recognition of a port means what? Well, in, in, 2000, in 2020, we were uh, ranked as the 56th largest port in the United States. That's, that's a ranking that includes coastal ports. That is nationally significant. Our goal is to get it up above 50, to be a top 50 port. But just having that designation and that, that recognition just helps in really effectively communicating the importance of the region to the nation, um, the importance to the region um, in regards to the national and global supply chain. So that's extremely, extremely important just to, um, just to be able to highlight that too. The biggest deal, of course, is the transport of grain. 
uh, I mean, that I understand fertilizer, a lot of farm equipment uh, or, or farm uh, uh, services come up and down the Mississippi River. Um, and one of the biggest problems actually is the lock and dam system that is in the upper Mississippi. Um, it, it's old. It, it was built in the 1930s. A lot of this is a depression era construction. And, and, and so many times the, the barges have to split in half just to get through uh, the locks. Is that one of your top priorities? Because infrastructure along the Mississippi River, there's a lot of need there. Right, infrastructure is a priority of ours. And both the man-made transportation infrastructure, and that's multimodal infrastructure to include rail and road upgrades, and also the natural inf infrastructure component. But to go back to the locks, um, they were built in the 1930s, the same time the I-74 bridge was built, and we just demolished that and replaced it. It's just time to replace our uh, locks, you know, with the, you know, with new modern 1,200-foot locks. The blocks that we have were built during the steamboat era, and we don't have steamboats anymore. So it's just time to bring them up to, bring them kind of up to speed or up to the modern standard. You're talking multi-billion dollars, though. That's correct. That's correct. And not an overnight solution either. Not an overnight solution. It, they'll cost about the same amount as the I-74 bridge. Do you have a feeling that this destination, as that it's somehow going to improve the possibility of getting extra infrastructure dollars in order to oh, do this work? Absolutely, yes. The, um, the all of our elected officials have been really supporting this effort for 15 years to try and get uh, funding here, but they can never say that our locks and dams connected our ports in the heart of the globe uh, in the heart of the uh, Corn Belt with global markets. They can say that now because we have ports. So a lot of it was just we were having trouble articulating the, the need, the requirement, the impact to the national and global supply chain really. And uh, so this port designation helps us do that. So how does the designation help on the environmental side? How, do, how does it help with the uh, protection of the river? Because we're talking about using the river as the workhorse that it is, sure. but you want to also protect it for a myriad reasons. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the big reasons that, that we're involved with folks at the Corn Belt ports. Um, like Bob mentioned, uh, this isn't just about necessarily getting some type of a, like a paperwork recognition that we have these ports and whatnot. There is a, a bigger, um, you know, a bigger, bigger end game here, which would be infrastructure uh, investments and expansion and things like that. So, um, you know, by being involved in on, in this on the, the front end we can make sure that we're helping folks out to make good decisions that are not only uh, right for the economy and commerce, but also make sure that they're doing things that are right for uh, for the environment as, as we look at um, future development. We all love this river. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. it's a part of all of us. I mean, it, it literally runs through us in so many different mm -hmm. ways. We're seeing some of the worst droughts. We're seeing some of the, the, the lowest river levels ever. I mean, uh, almost records mm -hmm. uh, twice in just the last three years. Yep. Are you worried about the health of the Mississippi River right now? Um, I think you always have to be concerned uh, for a number of reasons. Your specific question with regard to climate change, I think that that's sort of where you were going. Um, if you look back, we've had just record drought, uh, protracted drought, but we've also had, like in the springtime, you'll see we have some flooding. Uh, it's, uh, it's becoming uh, much more common to have flooding in the spring, followed by, again, this pickup back to the drought period through summer and, uh, and early fall. So um, am I worried about it? Uh, I, think, I think by doing the right thing, as opposed to sitting around and talking about it, um, you know, starting, starting to do things like t 
talk about infrastructure improvements, that we can increase the resilience of our, of our infrastructure systems and whatnot, that's a good proactive step toward making sure that we don't get caught flat-footed in the future with respect to whether it's climate change, uh, flooding, drought, uh, you name it. Uh, well, and we're talking about, you know, the river as commerce. And, and, and Bob, uh, I know you're concerned about the upper Mississippi. Lower Mississippi, you have to be equally concerned because well, it has to go through that area. Yeah. You're seeing the drought really impact there. You've got at least, I believe, nine foot navigable area right. in the middle of the river in the upper Mississippi right. that you don't have in the southern That's Mississippi. Right. So how big of a concern is that? Well, it's a concern, but what's what's really nice is that in the upper portion of the Mississippi River, we don't have the low water conditions just because we maintain a nine foot, nine foot water level. So in many ways, our, our locks and dams are a climate resiliency feature. It was never thought of that way in the mm -hmm. 1930s, but that's the way it really is. But yes, our largest trading partner is the state of Louisiana. That, so that linkage between here and Louisiana and everything in between is extremely important to us. We definitely want to keep the navigation channel open you know, all year long for commerce. So we, uh, we support any efforts to do that. Now that you have the, the ports created, what is your short-term goal? What are you looking to accomplish immediately? Yeah, so there's a few things. Uh, we, wanna, we still have uh, two years of infrastructure uh, bill money available, so we're trying to attract a half a billion dollars of increased investment in the region. You're talking because of the federal infrastructure bill, the bipartisan bill? Yeah. Okay. So we're trying to attract another half a billion. Um, over the next two years, we've got some very specific things we're going after. We want to get the Lagrange uh, lock um, fully funded for construction. We just received funding to complete the engineering and design effort. So within two years, we want to get that started. So th we've got a lot of projects like that that we want to focus on. There's some things that have been left out or overlooked for a lot of different reasons. But right now, we've got about $292 million worth of ecosystem restoration project under the Upper Mississippi River Restoration Program that's been approved, planned and well approved for this uh, for this region um, between Illinois and Iowa. We have zero on the Illinois waterway. So we want to just start, we want to start helping balance things out so that we are really helping herd the investment in the places where the greatest need exists. Because we always think of the Mississippi River, we don't necessarily think of the Illinois River. How, how important is that? Uh, yeah, it's go ahead. one system. I mean, there's, you can't separate the Illinois Waterway and the Upper Mississippi River, at least we don't and, um, from the Corn Belt Ports view of things. So, so it's just, it is one part of one, one system. The Corn Belt Ports are really all of the ports inside the, uh, up inside the lock and dam system in the Corn Belt. And, and they're just as much a part of it as the Illinois Waterway is just as much a part of it as the Upper Mississippi River. Well, and Roger, what do you see as, as, as the short term goal? Actually, I think uh, picking up on something that Bob mentioned with respect to the Illinois River and trying to um, trying to help sort of expand programs and opportunities there. Uh, something about uh, our ports that uh, make them quite different from what you typically expect on the on the coast is that um, you mentioned a river runs through it, um, not to it. Um, that's actually like uh, the, the little ports on the on the coast would be a place where you run to it. Here. You're right. We do things do run run through it. So uh, coming up with the best ways to uh, grow, to operate, develop, uh, and expand those types of operations where you have a port distributed along a line as opposed to a point, that's something that we're particularly interested in, uh, with respect to making sure that we not only do all of the commercial development types of things, but also make sure that we um, have a plan for sustainability and stewardship as well, which is something that I think we're hopefully going to be, be. That's going to be our first step and, toward. And that's a great, That is a great point. The uh, 
Our, we have long linear ports for a reason. I mean, there are some areas that we want to protect the aquatic habitat in, some areas that are managed by the Fish and Wildlife Service. Other areas um, are, are logical areas because the transportation network, the road network to put a terminal, for example, or a grain terminal. So we, we have a distributed kind of a, just to manage things in a more sustainable way. We do have a distributed terminals and we have linear ports. Um, there are large fleeting areas. There are there are other linear features to this um, that uh, that are very important, and they just need to be carefully thought through on a regional level uh, to make sure that we do have a sustainable solution for shipping our, our products to global markets. And I, I do want to underline that because it really is two things that have to go hand in hand. It's the commerce of the river, but also the protection of the river. I mean, is that possible? It is. We're going to make it. That's our job is to make it, you know, is to actually realize that vision. And we're, we've got a good start, but there's a lot of improvements that can be made. And there's a lot of shareholders that are involved. A lot of shareholders. So how do you wrestle that all together to come up with at least a common theme? Yeah. Well, I, I think everyone realizes that they respect, I guess I should say, and this is the Midwest. Everybody works together. They respect each other's viewpoint and position. Very little conflict. I mean, they'll get in a room and they'll to come up with a solution that that's better for everyone. It may not be a perfect solution, uh, but um, but we were just very fortunate with the culture that we have in the Midwest that people do want to sit around the table and just make things better. Well, I talked about the short-term goals. I mean, are, are the, you're looking long-term. I mean, the river's got to last generations. I mean, and, and let's be honest, I think we've learned we can't tame the river. The river does what it wants to do. Uh, we give it our best shot. <laughs> we've given it our best shot. Um, yeah, and that's a that's a challenge. Whether it was uh, we talk about port development um, or just living in proximity to the river, we've got a lot of things that are changing. You'd mentioned earlier uh, climate change or, or th things like that with increased uh, frequency of flooding and increased duration of, of drought uh, periods and things like that. So I think that's really why uh, that's really sort of where we come in uh, in terms of bringing the science-based decision making to to the process, so that we can hopefully work with the folks at the Corner Belt ports to give them the best information possible to make decisions about the way the port systems manage. And, and, you, and you believe that your voice is gonna be equal to Commerce's voice? <laughs> You'll yeah, be heard. I'll be heard, absolutely. I've never had a problem yet. <laughs> no, nobody's ever ah. said I have a problem being heard. Um, yeah, but I, again, and I think that gets back to the idea that, that like nationally, federally and whatnot, the river is recognized because of its importance to commerce, but also because of its unique, um, unique uh, environmental and, and, and ecosystem services that it provides. So there is already that um, we don't have to we don't have to introduce that into the discussion. That's something that that folks are already pretty well aware of. Um, so we're going to give it our best shot, and uh, yeah, that, that's why we're here. I know you want to address that. Well, I just <laughs> want to say on the commerce side side of things, there, there are other things other than navigation too that really contribute to the economy. Over 400,000 jobs in the upper Mississippi River Basin are associated with, with recreation and tourism. And that brings a lot of money into the region. So that's all important to us. So we're just trying to balance the, help balance the competing commercial needs and commercial interests that are out there, just so that we, we really, we wanna support economic development. There's no question about it, but we wanna do it in a smart way and, and not just focus on one industry group or another. We've talked about the uh, Quad Cities area uh, being one of four ports, um, uh, uh, another one to the north, others to the south. Uh, is, is that regionalism important? I mean, because not only will you be talking, f hopefully, in one voice in this area, 
you would also be coordinating for the other three. We will be, yes, and, but here, here's a great example. I mean, on the, uh, on, in Moline, their the Riverstone is there. They're, they're involved with a lot of activities on the river um, from, a, from a standpoint of stone, related to stone. Absolutely. Natural. And then, you know, the, the local uh, commercial cruise line, if you will, um, is right here in Moline. On Rock Island, there's, they handle specialty products at the terminal there. Davenport is the major cruise boat uh, terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bettendorf, right across the river, I mean, they've got a huge, shiny Cargill facility there that handles grain. So everything kind of works together. From a regional standpoint, we've kind of settled into what communities and what parts of the counties are, um, you know, are, you know, their little niche has been, uh, they're kind of, they've already been identified and we just want to capture that in a regional approach um, and, and kind of manage things or help shape things in a way that helps grow um, the economy, um, um, makes development, uh, ensure we have smart def- uh, development as we move forward uh, along the river system. And, and it just, it's just a lot, we're just a lot stronger if we all kind of work together. But we have no, we're not experiencing any really competition. A lot, a lot of cooperation out there right now. So we're, we're very fortunate. Well, and you're bringing up that all the different interests that there are, all the different types of commerce that people not necessarily notice. They drive by it all the time, or, or if they're in a boat, they, they, they float by it all the time. Um, so what is the long-term goal that you really have? Is it just to build on what we already have, or are you trying to bring some new concepts into the river uh, in our area? Well, the port uh, statistical area, a concept is a is a new, more modern way of looking at things on the river. Um, it, it doesn't force us into concentrating uh, uh, terminals into a, a point port, as as uh, uh, Roger uh, kind of described. And and really, the smart the smart thing to do, especially on long, narrow, skinny river systems, is to kind of spread out the the port development, the terminals, and do it in a way that. Um, really is nested into a larger regional multimodal transportation plan. Are you pretty happy with the health of the river right now? I mean, the, the stuff that we have learned as far as using it for commerce, but also to save it for the uh, for the environment? Yeah, uh, we've got some water quality issues that we need to work yes. on. We're concerned. A lot of ports uh, are not concerned about that, um, but we are. But a lot of that has to be handled in the tributaries. A lot of our flooding really is a result of not being able to retain enough water during, during rains to up in the watershed. 90% of the flood damages are off the, uh, really off the Mississippi River. So, but we, wanna, we really do wanna support uh, wise uh, management and development of our tributaries, whether it's creating more wetlands, um, creating uh, retention, kind of retention ponds, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to slow the water down, but that will reduce flood risk here on the Mississippi River. So yeah, we're interested in all of that. Um, we're very fortunate. We don't have a really, I don't know of any uh, federal threat, uh, threatened endangered species right now on the up, uh, uh, or endangered species rather, mm-hmm. on the upper Mississippi. We've done a nice job of being able to kind of manage uh, manage the, the long, narrow, you know, the habitat that we have along the Mississippi River to maintain the species here. 90% of the wetlands in Iowa have been drained to support agriculture. So that just even makes this corridor here more important. Um, just to kind of maintain uh, regional habitat for you know for all the aquatic species that that really depend on this 
depending on wetlands and water. Well, that includes the stuff that we don't see. I mean, you think of the mussels in the, in the uh, river and, and, and the uh, care that went into uh, uh, keeping track of the mussels when the new I-74 mm -hmm. bridge was built. Uh, I asked uh, Bob in regards to the long-range plans, what, what would you say the long-range plan is? You know, actually a, a large part of our long-range plans fit in with actually something that, that Bob mentioned, and that has to do with uh, moving some of our focus out of the main channel and getting into the headwater streams, tributaries and ultimately to headwater streams to try to come up with, uh, to try to help folks to better manage uh, their land, which is adjacent to streams, to do things to keep, uh, to keep the water in the headwaters, uh, to keep the nutrients in the headwaters, and also to help keep some of the soil and the solids that end up making their way ultimately down to the, uh, to the Gulf of Mexico, where they belong. Uh, you know, Midwest, uh, one of the reasons that it's such a huge, uh, you know, so, so successful in terms of agricultural production is the quality of the soil and whatnot. But uh, if we don't take care to protect that head, the soil in those headwater streams and whatnot, uh, you know, that, that's, that's certainly something that would affect uh, future sustainability. Uh, so this is a great opportunity for me to not just be in the main channel, but to get back to doing some additional science and engineering types of things that, uh, that I think hopefully will have a positive impact. Our thanks to Colonel Robert Sinclair with Corn Belt Ports and Western Illinois University professor Richard Viadero. We like to take time to showcase musical talent in the cities, and that brings us to our next artist. David G. Smith has a new album out that's called Witness Trees. He describes his music as a blend of folk, Americana, country, and blues. And for us, he performed one of his latest originals, David G. Smith. A blue jay was a friend of mine sing to me all the time There was a reputation that they knew again He sing to me and I sing to him Well I'm down here by the river I sit beneath the tree I'm gonna listen to the river that song, goodness, a long time ago, I don't want to date myself, many years ago. It's about our environment, kind of some of the things that maybe it was just a prescient moment I had uh, when I wrote it, you know, again, 20, 30 years ago about what's going on these days. And uh, so it's, you know, to keep it short, it's, just, it's about uh, environment and it's about, I guess, climate change. 
and uh, some of those things. Well, I'm down here by the river, sitting beneath the tree. Listen to the river, the river gonna talk to me. On the air, on the radio, on the web, on your mobile device, and streaming on your computer. Thanks for taking some time to join us as we talk about the issues on the cities. Whelan Presley and Van Ho Funeral Homes have been serving Quad City families and veterans for over 100 years. Whelan Presley is located in Rock Island, Milan, Reynolds, and Van Ho in East Moline. Proudly supporting WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities.